Let's get the show on the road. Which road? Why Route 66. Whenever I say things, you always have to make some sort of joke out of it. And half the time, it's not even that good. Road work ahead? I sure hope it does. Like that. That's a good one. That's a good joke, but like not original. Just saying. Wow. I'm spitting facts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. See, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Hola, como estas? Welcome back. I don't know any other Spanish than that. Welcome back to Pop Talks. Hopefully you are having a wonderful day. Um, today is going to be a fun day, I think. I don't know about Jackie. I'm here. It well, might be fun. It for, might not be. Who knows? For me, it'll be fun. And I think you'll have a good time too, because you enjoy this kind of topic. And today we are going to discuss the meanings of songs. But more particularly... Songs that people don't really realize the meaning of. Correct. Because some songs are really easy to figure out the meaning. Like country songs. I tend to find it very easy to figure out what a country artist is singing about, as opposed to some of these pop artists or rock stars. Yeah, but I feel like country's much more like, I don't want to say specific, but like they don't try to like hide a meaning in their songs. Yeah, they're very upfront. Like, my girl left me and I bought a new truck. Now I'm sitting in my truck all sad. Drinking Jack Daniels. And cracking a beer open. Pretty much. <laughs> and then I'm going to ride my tractor off into the sunset. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they're not all like that, but, you know. Yeah. Got a joke about the stereotypical yeah. And ones. some of them are just, like, very upfront and about very minor topics like holy water is is basically about moonshine <laughs> and somebody running a moonshine business and they find out about it and then they join in and now a bunch of people are selling moonshine in the south that's it <laughs> <laughs> and it's being run out of a church which is why it's called holy water interesting yeah very easy song to pick up on the meaning yeah i want to ask you what drinks do you think are most popular in country music I think it's beer and whiskey with a side of tequila. Oh, yeah. Well, 100%. That is country music. Beer, whiskey, and tequila. Unless you're Kenny Chesney, then it's rum. Because he has his own rum. So he talks about rum. Fair enough. But the first one on my list that I have is Closing Time by Semisonic. Okay. Which is an iconic end of the night bar song. We're closing down. It's over. Closing time. That's kind of what, it was, what it's like taken on. But actually, the uh, writer, Dan Wilson, has a bunch of like baby fever lines in it. <laughs> so Wilson penned the lyrics like, quote, time for you to go out to the places you will be from. The song's focus was more an emphasis on the miracle of childbirth. In 2010, Wilson admitted to American songwriter that he had babies on his mind partway through writing the song. Uh, stating, my wife and I were expecting our first kid very soon after I wrote that song, and I had baby on the brain. <laughs> Pretty interesting that a song about him basically having baby fever turned into end of the night bar song. Yeah. Really weird. It's like, how did we get here? I don't. I, I mean, granted, he did name the song Closing Time. So. Yeah, I think this is just a case of 
it fits this situation, so we're going to roll with it. And people not really listening in depth to the lyrics. Well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like with a lot of these songs, like, if you actually just listen to them, you would get the meaning. Now, not all of them, but, like, I feel like a lot of people do that. They don't pay attention to what is being said in the song. Like, that was the case for one of the songs I wrote down because I was talking to somebody about the song. It's Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. And the person said they really liked the song. But I asked them, I was like, do you understand what this song is about? And they're like, no, I just like the beat of the song. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. I mean, that song is like slightly self-explanatory. But the problem with that song, too, is like, I don't think everybody really knows what a body shop is. No. I feel like they think more of like a garage, you know, like a body shop, like where they would work on an auto body. I'm going to be well, honest Well, that's what a body shop is called here. Well, that's what I'm saying, but and not there. No, um, <laughs> not at all. But like, that's kind of like a language barrier type of thing as well. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, I can understand slightly why some people would be confused about what's being said in that song, but I, it's still straightforward on the fact that like somebody's cheating in their relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Jacqueline, why don't you explain what a body shop is? Don't do that. <laughs> why don't you explain it, Alec? No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> Google it. <laughs> what is a body shop <laughs> in the UK? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I also have Good Riddance by Green Day, which was a perennial choice for the best prom song. Green Day's acoustic ballad was originally meant to be anything but a romantic affair odd it just took on a completely opposite meaning billy joe armstrong wrote a number about a girlfriend who was moving away to ecuador and titled the song good riddance out of frustration with the breakup and it became a song played at proms everywhere interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, he then went on to tell to tell vh1 uh, i sort of enjoy the fact that i misunderstood most of the time that's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of funny that like a song that's played at like uh I guess you could say quote romantic time is about a breakup and Billy Joe Armstrong being upset that his girlfriend is leaving him to move to Ecuador. Yeah, but okay, like let's be honest, there's so many upbeat breakup songs that people jam out to. And again, I'm sure sometimes don't pay attention or don't really care to think about it. Yeah. The next one I have I think is sort of a breakup song too. <laughs> Not really a breakup, but relationship struggles. <laughs> Uh, and it's the Macarena by Los Del Rio. Everyone knows the Macarena, but there's an entire subgenre of music whose lyrics are ignored because the instrumentals are so fun, such as the Macarena. Um, not understanding Spanish also gives listeners another reason to swing their hips and do the dance. But uh, the duo sang about a young woman who cheats on her boyfriend with two of his friends while he's enlisting in the army. That's what the song's about. <laughs> Why would they make that song so fun, though? Like, so fun and upbeat. And that's the plot of the song? Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's weird. (laughs) Yep. I will say, though, I feel like it is funny when, like, you know, songs in other languages do become so popular in the United States, but no one ever has any idea what they're about. Bad Bunny is probably the best, the most recent case of that. He exploded and was one of the most popular artists in the world. Well, there's like that. Like, I mean, let's be real. Nobody probably really knows what Despacito's about. 
No, probably like, not. Not necessarily everybody, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who just jam out to that song and have no idea. I mean, frankly, I don't really know what it's fully about. All I know is I think Despacito means slowly. I think that's all I can tell you. Yeah. And that might not even be right. I, I think that's correct. correct but yeah, I think you're right. You too. know, speaking of romance type songs, uh, I'm talking about a song that people thought was about a love life, but it's not. Mm. Harder to Breathe by Maroon 5. So I found this information on Elite Daily, by the way. So apparently uh, in that song, you know, it kind of sounds like he's being suffocated from a bad love life. But actually, uh, in an interview, Adam Levine said that literally the song is about uh, being pressured to make more music. Apparently his label was like basically telling him that they needed to make more songs. And he was so mad that he made this song. (laughs) <laughs> and then it ended up like working out in his favor. And he said that uh, his label was applying a lot of pressure on them, but he was glad that they did it. But I think it's kind of funny that like a song that they made where he was mad about having to make a song ended up doing really well. Yeah. And isn't that whole album pretty much about a relationship and like relationship feels? I'm pretty sure that's what the majority of that album's about to mm-hmm. begin with. Well, the album was called Songs About Jane. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole thing is about a relationship with Jane. Apparently that song's not. (laughs) Yeah, other than that song, obviously. Well, who's to say there's not other ones on there that aren't about her? There could be. That sound like they are. Could be. Hit the conspiracy button. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't have the... I know, you don't have it up. It's okay. Yeah. I have two more that are like relationship dating kind of vibey. Um, the first one is Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men. <laughs> a lot of people just think this is a fun, upbeat song, but um, it does have a pretty good call and response song. You know, Who Let the Dogs Out? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, all that. Um, anyway, <laughs> the songwriter said in an interview with Rockseller Magazine that it's a song about a good time being ruined by men catcalling and harassing women. Everyone's having a great time, and then jerks start yelling and treating women like objects, and it ruins everything. This song is pretty much about the Baja men sticking up for women and calling out annoying guys who are, you know, rude and objectify ladies. You know, that's cool. But then again, the worst part is nobody probably knows that. (laughs) Like, I never knew that. Yeah. So, I mean, the Baja men, I think, are pretty notorious for having hidden messages like this. And so is Outkast. Like, Hey Ya is such an upbeat song, but it's kind of sad. Like, if you just read the lyrics, it doesn't sound like an upbeat, happy song. Yeah. It sounds like a kind of a sad poem that um, basically is like, as long as I put a happy, upbeat sound behind these lyrics, you're not really going to care what I'm saying. That gives off that vibe. Right. And then the other one I have is You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Okay. This song is constantly chosen to be first dances at weddings, but James Blunt thinks it is effed up. <laughs> it extremely is clear from the lyrics that it is about a creepy dude high on drugs reveling in the beauty of a stranger who is with another man. That's what the song's about. <laughs> yep. Um, what? Yeah, and then despairing that he will never, ever, ever get together with this woman, Blunt has explained that the stalker dies by uh, suicide in his vision for the song. Uh, and then the music video even reinforces that sub- subtext, showing Blunt removing his shoes and clothing before jumping off a cliff. So this song has a super dark meaning, yet there are people dancing to this at their wedding. 
It's their first dance song. And it's about a drug addict stalking a woman. Yeah, I feel like people really should look into the meaning of songs more so. A hundred percent. Especially honestly. if you're, it's going to be your first dance. Well, yeah, for that, sure. That's creepy. Speaking of love songs, <laughs> I figured we could talk about Love Song by Sarah Bareilles. Hopefully it's a little better than a drug addict stalker. Oh, yes. 100%. (laughs) So according to Elite Daily, apparently uh, people think that this song is about her frustration with men. But apparently, actually, she was just frustrated with her record label. Apparently they were trying to force her to write and release a certain type of music. And she said that she basically just wasn't having any luck. But this song ended up working out really well for her. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, it's a really good song. I think it's also one of her most popular ones. Yeah, it's probably close. It's probably either that or Brave, in my opinion. I also pulled up 99 Red Balloons by Nina. I love this song. It's such a good song. And I didn't know anything about it until I read this. Um, So whether it's in the German language, which is how it was originally made, or translated into English, the Happy Pop New Wave Jam is easily the most danceable song about a nuclear holocaust caused by balloons (laughs) the guitarist for this band initially got the idea for the song when mick jagger released thousands of balloons into the sky at the end of a 1982 rolling stones concert in west berlin and it got him wondering what would happen if the balloons crossed into soviet airspace and were mistaken for ufos and it set off a chain reaction of nukes flying around the world (laughs) as added depression fuel uh the song ends with the narrator finding a single balloon in the ruins of the world thinking of a listener and letting it go that's 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 a deep one (laughs) i have no words for that that's a twisted mind how does how is that what you're thinking about when balloons get released in the air like what if this caused nuclear war because somebody made a mistake It's not even that because, you know, every now and then you get those weird intrusive thoughts, right? Yeah, that is intrusive thought 100%. Okay, but it's the fact that you didn't just like, you know, let it be like a cloud in your mind and just drift away. No, you stuck with that thought so much to the point that you had to write a song about it. That's what gets me. And it was successful around the world. Yeah. This is a banger. I think it's great. Great song. Uh, Weird Meaning did not think that was what was behind that song at all. No. (laughs) It wasn't that something. But let's move into some more like fun, poppy ones. Uh, The last two that I have. uh, One is Firework by Katy Perry. Banger. Love that song. But uh, it is actually about her own inevitable death. Basically, I have... This morbid idea, when I pass, I want to be put into a firework and shot across the sky over the Santa Barbara Ocean as my last hurrah, Katy Perry said. Uh, And she wants to do this because fireworks make crowds go, ooh, ah. (laughs) That's the reasoning behind Firework by Katy Perry. I don't think I can listen to that song the same again. (laughs) Because it's about how she wants to die. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I ever want to listen to that song again now. (laughs) Because then that's all I'm going to think about. And then I'm just going to be like... Sad. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of fun. It's, that's one way to go out. Again, though, one thing to have the thought, right? Another to write a song about it that becomes super popular that no one realizes that that's what the song's about. Just saying. Yeah. Just 
throwing those two cents in there. And then I also have Royals by Lord. Reading this made me realize Lord is a little weird. So it may seem like Royals by Lord was about how she would never live up to the riches and fame of a monarchy, but she admitted in an interview that Royals was actually inspired by a picture of Kansas City Royals baseball player George Brett. The picture shows George Brett being hounded for autographs by fans, and she said, I'd been thinking of writing that song for a while and been pulling together a couple of little lines here and there. And I had this image from National Geographic of this guy signing baseballs. He was a baseball player and his shirt said Royals. And I was like, I really like that word. And then she wrote Royals. Alrighty then. Yeah. She would later go on to say that she's like obsessed with words and she'll find a word and then decide I'm going to write a song around that word and find a way to make it happen. I mean, I guess if it works. The song has nothing to do with baseball or like being mobbed to sign stuff. Like it doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. No. But the fact that that's the inspiration behind Royals, because she saw a picture of a baseball player for the Kansas City Royals, George Brett, that's why she's like, I'm going to write this now. Whatever works, I guess. I guess. It's kind of odd. That is kind of odd. But yeah, I don't have any other songs per se, but I did uh, find this very interesting. So apparently Halsey has like trios in her albums, like three songs in a row. So she said in an interview with Zane Lowe, uh, when she was discussing her album Maniac, which I believe was her third album. Manic. Yeah, I don't know why I said Maniac. Oh, my glasses on. Um, <laughs> trying to read without my reading glasses. Good job, Jackie. So apparently in this interview, she was talking about her album Manic. And she said that every album of hers has uh, what she calls a trio, which is three songs in the middle that serve as a transition. And they're meant to be listened to in succession. So on that album, it was Forever is a Long Time, Dominic's Interlude, and I Hate Everybody. Which makes sense because I believe Forever is a Long Time starts where she talks about a relationship and then she talks about how she ruins it she has a lot of deep songs and even seeing halsey live in concert like you can see the story that she puts together in her songs in order because she'll break her shows up into like chapters and pull songs from all of her albums into each chapter and it is like one cohesive story of her life. And it's really cool. But see, I like whenever artists do stuff like that with their albums. Like it's kind of similar to uh, Hardy's album, The Mockingbird and the Crow. I think it's so cool because so like the first half of the album is like more country songs and all of the titles are in all lowercase. And then the middle song is called The Mockingbird and the Crow. And so the mark the Mockingbird and I think is in lowercase and then the crow is in all capitals. And that song is like five minutes long. And like the first half is really calm. And then the second half is more of like a rock vibe. And then the last half of his album, all of the titles are in capital letters and they're all his more like rock type songs like whenever artists do that kind of stuff with their albums i always think that's so cool because it's almost like they make it to where you should listen to it in order but if you do listen to it in order it sounds really really cool i know bastille on one of their albums they have two songs that if you listen to them back to back they like literally basically transition from one to the next as if it's like the same song i think that kind of stuff is so cool yeah childish gambino did that too with an album called 31520 which is the date that he did the album. And it starts, the first song on the track is called 
and every song other than algorithm and time are just time stamps. And this is essentially a 57 minute and 44 second song. So each track is the timestamp in the 57 plus minutes as to where that track starts. But you can listen to this whole thing from first track to last track and it will, it sounds like one big long song. It's really cool. That is cool. I love when uh, artists do this. There's another uh, album, FM by Vince Staples, that in between each song it sounds like a talk break on radio or like a commercial on radio the whole album sounds like you're listening to the radio it's really cool it goes from song to song and then there's like a little break or a commercial in there and it's interesting see that sounds interesting but part of me feels like that could possibly be annoying because that's like one problem that i have with live albums is when they leave like the talking in between as part of the songs like that bothers me to listen yeah, to. I know what you mean, but this this actually works. It's, I was gonna it's say, interesting. That might be a little different, obviously, because he was like purposefully putting that into his album versus like a live performance being recorded. Yeah, where they're but just like, thank you, Chicago. I've never understood why they don't cut that out. Like, it's not necessary. No, I mean, I guess it's left in there to kind of give the feeling of like you were at the concert. But it's still kind of annoying, not going to lie. Yeah, a little bit, especially if you're here in Dubois and the album just goes, thanks Atlanta. Right. I love you. Or if they pick like tracks from different performances around the country where the artist will sing one song and go, man, Chicago, you guys are awesome. The next, after the next song, it just says something like, I really love performing here in Philadelphia. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> we were just <laughs> in Chicago. What's going on? <laughs> oh my. It's so funny, but there's a ton of different albums and songs that all have like so many different weird off the wall meanings. And it's so much fun to just kind of dive into eventually. Right. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's like kind of important to think about that, especially if you're listening to a song like on repeat all the time. I feel like it's kind of important to know what you're actually listening to. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the meaning can really help fit the vibe where like I know music is something a lot of people listen to to get through certain things in life. So you kind of got to have songs that help you. or help you push through whatever you're going through. It can't just be like, oh, I'm going to listen to Firework when I'm real sad, you know? Like, <laughs> I just imagine like sitting in a dark room, like crying and in the background. Firework. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Man. Or that, like, or even like, okay, <laughs> there's this one song, uh, Benson Boone's In the Stars. Like, when I hear that song, it's usually, like, a 50-50 chance that I will start crying. So, like, if I'm having, like, the best day ever, like, as much as I like that song, like, that's not the song to put on. Yeah. Because then I'm just going to start being sad, and then I'm just going to start crying. Yeah. Or, like, you, you know? just lose your job, and the first song you hear in the car is Barbie Girl. That might not fit the vibe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Mom, I just lost my job. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. I am not. No, I am not. I'm just Ken. <laughs> uh, that's another banger. Love that song. That is a good song, yes. Can we play it on the radio here? I don't know about that one, but... <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Pop Talks. Look at that. Episode what? Three? Two? One. Blast off! No? Maybe? I don't know. Is this the third episode of the year? 
You're supposed to be keeping track of this. I know. I was just about to say, like, last episode, we joked that I was going to do this every episode, and we're only a couple episodes in, and I don't know. It's the third you. one. It's funny See, that you had to look up how many episodes we've listen, done this Listen, I should have trusted my judgment, and I didn't. It's January. You should know. Well, it doesn't even feel like January's almost over, though. Like, it feels like the middle of January. Dry January is almost over. I'm just like, the month's going by too quickly. I don't mind it. Why? Because my birthday's in March, and the faster these months go by, the faster I get to my birthday, and I'm like ready to party. No, this is a big birthday. I turned 26. I have to get off of all my parents' stuff yeah, and get so my own. I'm surprised that you're super excited for your birthday then. It's just my birthday. I like my birthday. <laughs> my birthday should be a national holiday. Okay. I don't know about that one, but... Everybody should get off work from my birthday. Listen, if I get a free day off, I'm not going to argue with that part. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's off for Alex's birthday. Although this year, everyone is off for my birthday. It's my birthday is on a Sunday. That doesn't mean everybody's off. Some people work on Sundays, Alec. The majority you of people. You are making a generalization that's not representat- representative of everyone. Okay, you need I'm to be more inclusive. making a generalization that's not representation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's your inclusivity? <laughs> you just gave me a headache. I think I gave myself a headache. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. You are all beautiful humans. Enjoy every episode of Pop Talks. If you missed one, go back and give it a good old listen through. Um, You're not going to be disappointed in the nonsense that Jackie and I talk about all the time. But anyway, I appreciate you and I love you. Bye.